0: It's time for Open Line Friday on the Andy Griffin Show. It's your chance to be heard, air your grievances, and take your shot. Only on Open Line
1: Friday on the Andy Griffin Show. The phone number is six seven three five eight nine zero six seven three five eight ninety. If you want to call and be a part of the show today, love to hear from you. We've had well some lively shows lately. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, early in the week, didn't have any uh, phone calls. We just we had guests and they were compelling and really good. And uh, but now's your chance. We had a little bit of open line yesterday. Have some open line uh, here uh, this morning as well. Let me turn that music down a little bit. Okay, so. Uh, are you a jazz fan? Maybe some of you are, some of you are not, and maybe some of you aren't even sports fans. But I got to tell you, uh, yesterday the Jazz played. It was the restart of the NBA. You know, the COVID shut it down uh, four months ago plus, and uh, I, you know, it was it was a deal where. It needed to be shut down. It's understandable. The NBA was adamant that they were going to restart the season, and we'd actually be getting, uh, well, the, the season would have just wrapped up in, in June, and uh, instead they're restarting, and they're going to play, uh, what, this, eight games per team, and then they're going to have playoffs. And that could last a month and a half or whatever. And uh, they actually could be playing into uh, you know close to October uh, before they finally finish up. But uh, anyway, they restarted yesterday. Jazz played the Pelicans. And uh, you know, it was a compelling game. Jazz won it by two points. Rudy Gobert was fouled pretty hard uh, late in the game with under seven seconds left. Made his free throws. They won the game by two points. Exciting, yes. Uh, I had really, really mixed feelings about that game. Now, first of all, uh, I was busy. I, did, I got home. There was about six minutes left in the game. Uh, so I missed all the, um, let's call them theatrics before the game. Uh, but uh, a friend of mine over at Deseret News uh, wrote about it. Um, she was there. Her name's Sarah Todd. Uh, if you remember, we had Sarah on the show here a while back. Uh, she was actually in Oklahoma City covering the Jazz when Rudy Gobert tested positive. And uh, she was part of the group that got quarantined for 14 days. They were doing tests. And she had to have the old, you know, the nasal thing and, and all that. Uh, so Sarah's back at it. She doesn't have COVID-19. She's covering the Jazz. This is what she wrote about the beginning of the Utah Jazz game. This is before before the game. She said, Uh, In the weeks and days leading up to the resumption of the NBA season, players and coaches from the Jazz and Pelicans discussed a plan to express themselves ahead of the first game on Thursday evening. The plan that had been rumored, a presentation of some sort followed by all players kneeling during the national anthem proved true just before the introduction of the starting lineups. Every Utah Jazz and New Orleans Pelicans coach and player lined up along the sideline of the court as voices of players and coaches interspersed with sounds of protest played over the speakers in the HP Fieldhouse. This is, again, Sarah Todd uh, covering the Jazz. She said, the sound clips from players touched on racial injustice and the hope that equality could be reached as long as momentum is not lost. As the players stood all wearing black warm-up shirts that read Black Lives Matter. Jazz guard Donovan Mitchell's voice could be heard over the PA saying, As an African-American, if you can't feel safe in your own home, where can you be safe? In between sounds of protesters chanting, San Antonio Spurs coach Greg Popovich's voice rang out said, It's taken a very long time to get this sort of momentum going, and it can't be lost. Finally, when the audio presentation ended, the in arena announcer introduced a national anthem, a version recorded by artist John Batiste. Just before the first note, every coach and player from both teams kneeled in front of the words Black Lives Matter painted in large block letters on the court. The message, this is not Sarah talking anymore. This is me now. The message is, hey, all of us are racist and all of us need to do better. And I was, you know, I, I didn't watch that part of it. When I turned the game on, though, uh, it was some, some bizarre things. First of all, no crowd. They tried to put cutout figures in the, in the court, uh, in the stands. That was very weird. And they actually piped in some fake crowd noise. That was very weird. Uh, but the weirdest thing of all was, well, no, two, there were two really bizarre things. The players, instead of their names on the back of their jerseys, they had some kind of political statement. Uh, one of them was uh, hear her voice or something like that uh equality was one of them i don't know there were there were several different ones the weirdest thing of all though uh, for me was every commercial every uh break uh it was all about uh, black lives matter all about uh, how you, the uh, us americans here are inherently racist and we are uh bad people because we uh separate black from white and uh, don't treat black people the same that we treat white people and i'm not gonna lie to you I was a little offended I, and, and i'm not the kind of, oh i'm offended i'm i was just uh, i guess ticked off might be a better word because i'm not racist i've never been i've been covering sports my whole life almost for uh about thirty years i've been covering 31 years I've been covering uh, sports, Uh, professional, collegiate, high school. I've dealt with many uh, minorities, Uh, African Americans, Hispanics, uh, Asians, Polynesians. Uh, Who else did I forget? Uh, There was an American Indian star up in Idaho when I was covering high school sports. It was an incredible football player. How did I treat those guys? Guess what? I treated him exactly like I treated every other person on the football team. I treated him. To me, I was doing a job covering sports, and my job was to interview the players that played well. And it didn't matter to me what flavor or color or height or or whatever they were. I I treated them the same. And and it, I I I don't understand why they have to stick it in our face, the NBA and the TV networks and whoever else and, and tell me that I'm a racist person. I, I don't understand why they're doing that to me because I'm not a racist. Why are you trying to make me feel guilty for something I didn't do? Drives me crazy. And and I honestly, by the time, and I watched the last six minutes of the game, uh, and yeah, jazz one, congratulations. Been a jazz fan since they moved to Utah in 1980, same year I moved to Utah, by the way. And, um, I found it hard to get excited about them winning. I found it hard to get excited about, uh, you know, the the season restarting. I found it difficult to be, uh, to want to be a part of whatever it is they're trying to do because I feel like that they're preaching to the choir, so to speak. They're preaching to, uh, if you're an NBA fan, you're not racist, right? I mean, the NBA is, what is it, eighty. African-Americans, maybe not quite that high a number because they do have a lot of foreign players, but a high percentage of black players. And we don't look at them as slaves or servants or less than people. We look at them as just regular guys who happen to be very talented drives me crazy. Anyway, let's do it. It's open line Friday. I've got some other topics I want to get to uh, if we can. But right now, let's go to the phone lines. Collar, you're on with Andy this morning. What's up?
2: Hey, Andy. Hey. So the way I see it is if they're protesting our country, then maybe we need to protest them by not even turning on the TV. Yeah. Because when we turn on the TV, they get ratings. And when they get ratings, they get huge contracts from the TV companies, and when they get huge contracts, then the, the collective bargaining agreement to, that goes up to where they give these outrageous contracts to these sports players. And beyond that
1: and beyond that uh, the advertisers too uh, one of them stuck in my mind it was sprite I think sprite talking about yeah. how they support black lives matter and how uh, they need to they support uh, the uh, you know getting rid of the inequality in America and I thought to yeah. myself all right I, I just want buy sprite not, not that I'm a big sprite guy anyway but
2: yeah well but without the huge TV contracts and things like that is LeBron James really going to be a big uh, deals where people are going to say, oh, he drinks Sprite, so let's drink Sprite.
3: Yeah. No,
2: he's not. Um, so the thought that comes to my head was, you know, for those uh, members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints out there, about a year and a half ago, uh, the president of the church came out and said to turn off the TV, stop watching sports, uh, and things of that nature. So maybe, you know, maybe we need to listen to the counsel that he gave us and turn off the TV and stop supporting all of these people who are trying to overthrow our country and and make us feel like we're less than in, than what we really are are you a jazz fan uh I, I i played basketball in high school i was actually a seattle sonics fan but okay. i haven't watched the nba in probably five or six years because the nba game never interests me i was more of a college fan
3: yeah
2: um but for this reason exactly because the you know the players are just a bunch of spoiled brats and so i I have no interest in the nba but i have stopped watching baseball now uh i'm going to give college football a try because i'm a byu fan i've told my good friend that i always watch the games with if we turn on the game and any of the byu players kneel i'm done I, i will turn it off and i will not watch it
1: well, I hope I, I hope you uh, stick to your guns on that one because I have, I had have a couple of friends that say oh, I'm not going to watch baseball if they kneel, and then of course people kneeled and they watched it anyway. So uh, yeah, stick to your guns on that one, man. I will. Thanks right. for the call. Appreciate it. Uh, six, seven, three, five, eight, nine, zero is the phone number. It's funny. We had four, all four lines lit up a second ago and, uh, everybody kind of quit trying at the same time. Again, our, our hold function is still messed up. We're still working on that, but if you want to call and be part of the program, love to have you on there. In fact, there's a caller right there. Uh, hi, how are you this morning? Hi, I'm good. How are you? Great. Thank you for calling in.
4: You bet. I, I can't figure out why not supporting American freedoms and our flag by this kneeling. Yeah. Has anything to do with black, liking black people? I have black grandchildren. We we adopted them. I mean, I've never been a racist. When you talked about being a racist, I, I am so on your side with that. I have never been a racist. I know I've said this before, but I'm from Detroit. I grew up with all colors of people. Mm-hmm. Okay, and yeah. and they're my friends. I love them. You know, they're just people. Not not only are you yeah. not racist,
1: but I would venture to say you probably don't know any racist people. Is that true?
4: I wouldn't. No, I don't, and I wouldn't want to. Is, I really wouldn't. Is Especially it, in St. George, I don't. Yeah. I don't think so. Is
1: it really that yeah. big a problem? That's the thing I'm trying to get at here. Is they keep telling we're all racist. We're all terrible. I I don't feel terrible. I've never been mean to a person based on the color of their skin.
4: Never. No, absolutely not. I feel that it's a lot better than it used to be. Um, I'm just talking like uh, you see couples, black and white couples that mm-hmm. have babies, and it used to be very, oh, my goodness, look at that. And gee, right. was it sure isn't that way anymore, I'm happy to say. I, I have one question, and I don't know if anybody, if you or anybody can answer this. Okay. Where, Where does the Black Lives Matter... And the Antifa come together, and are we are those people supporting Antifa when they kneel?
3: Mm-hmm.
4: Good question. I, yeah, that's that's what scares me. Let's
3: throw
1: it out there and see what people think. Thank you for the call today. Okay. Appreciate Thanks. it.
3: Thanks.
1: So, uh, yeah, I mean, she makes some some really great points. Um, I, I, I what she said rings true to me, and she supported what I was saying. Is that I'm not racist. She's not racist. I've never been. I've never treated people differently based on the color of their skin. Um, I, I have a, a good friend who is a local who is African American. I'm not going to use his name. I don't want to make an example of him or anything. But uh, he's he's just my friend. He's a guy. I, I I don't. I'm sitting there going, what have I ever done to him to make him feel? And I and I've asked him that. I'm like, do, do, do you feel? Are people different to you? And he's like, no, I'm just one of the guys. I'm just a regular guy. And uh, I I just, I I really, really was uncomfortable with the way that was presented yesterday, the the jazz game. And and it was basically uh, everybody on those two teams and their coaches, some of whom were white, saying, you, America, are bad and you better fix it. And I just, I'm not buying that. All right, let's go back to the phone lines. Caller, you're on with Andy. What's up?
5: Let's see. uh, If there's an acronym BLM for Bureau of Land Management, does that mean that nobody else can use BLM?
1: I don't know if it's copyrighted or anything like that. I'd
5: want to copyright it because BLM is always going to... uh, Uh, remind me of the villains right here in in, uh, uh, Washington County. And when (laughs) I testified before Congress about that, uh, uh, my representatives agreed that maybe the state of Utah should belong to the state of Utah. Mm
3: -hmm.
5: And not black, oh, wait, uh, BLM. Sorry, I (laughs) I get so confused. I I thought they were supporting me when they held them signs up, but turns out it wasn't. It was, uh, I want our BLM back. So, I know what b l m means, but that's the problem with acronyms it's yeah, true yeah true. We've got to stop using them and and uh, find a better way and i want I want them all over I want it to say a-, a-, a b m all lives matter or a l m huh?
3: yeah.
5: all lives matter, red blood matters now, I have a trick question for you oh,
1: I hate trick questions,
5: okay. Uh, in St. George and everywhere, it's roasting and toasting, but uh, and it's unpleasant, and it's hot, and it's sticky, and, you know, people are out of sorts. Uh, what grows 18 inches a day in a plant?
1: Mm, well, since it's a trick question, I'm just going to plead uh, innocence and say I have no idea.
5: All right. Pink banana squash. Really? I I tied one off yesterday, climbing up a tree. These are climbing uh, winter squash. They'll grow uh, four feet long and a one foot in diameter.
3: Hmm.
5: Huge banana squash. That is giant. They've added on to it a higher uh, carotene content, so it's pink-looking instead of yellow. And uh, so I had to tie it off. It grew 18 inches During a 24-hour period where it was near 100 degrees.
1: That's phenomenal. That's faster than my fingernails.
5: (laughs) And my hair, if I had some. (laughs) So uh, I'm going to have squashes and ducks. And by the way, the corn is not going to arrive now. Oh, darn. Um, Farmer um, Holt goes into the field with his people, and they pick it at first light. And so by the time they pick it and bring it to us, it's going to be 9 or 10 o'clock. Okay, okay. So, you know, if I'm there and you're pounding on the door at 7, you're going to have to wait a couple hours. So I just thought I'd do that, and uh, I've got five ducklings that are going to be waiting there for some corn.
3: All right.
1: Thanks, Seth. I look forward to a little farmer's market out there in Central. Let's go back to the phone lines. Again, we're talking about BLM, not Bureau of Land Management, but Black Lives Matter. Caller, you're on. What's up?
6: Good morning, Andy. Morning. How are you? I have a a black brother-in-law, and I have a black niece and a nephew. This has nothing to do, really, with what it's doing. This is getting everyone angry against each other. And we're all headed for socialism, and it's working just fine. It hmm. is is going to be the destruction of our country. If everyone would stop and think, they, all they talk about is socialism, socialism, socialism. Is that what we want for our country? Because if it is, we're going to be just treated just like China. Yeah, yeah. And they're going to succeed if people don't stop going on and on and on about this BLM. they opened the door, they had a chance to put their foot through the door, and then they went full bore. And do you realize how many people went for it? Mm. And do they realize what socialism is?
1: Yeah, I don't think they understand. I don't think they they understand where they're going.
6: People better start listening because this is what we're going to be. If Biden wins, we are in socialism.
1: Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right.
6: Well, I'm 84 years old, and I've <laughs> seen this country and how it's changing. And I feel sorry for the young people because they don't have the history that we have and do have the knowledge that we have of the past, and they think it's fantastic. Well, they're yeah. going to wake up sad in January if it says socialism, and it's sad. We have a, such a beautiful, beautiful country. be destroyed by something like that and it's evil and the only way you can get through is the Heavenly Father we're tested on that too so people don't eat this up too much because they've got a plan for us and if we don't fight back on it and say okay BLM is just fine I will never watch sports again my husband and I decided we pay extra for college football Mm -hmm. we will never turn it on
1: Mm, Way to take a stand. I like it. Thank you for the call today. Um, you know, we can sound alarmist when we talk about a revolution and we talk about, uh, the socialism and, and, and things changing. And you say, oh, that will never happen in America. That that could never happen here. Well, guess what? If I'd have told you eight, nine months ago that a pandemic is going to change the very foundation of what we do on an everyday basis you had been like, ah, yeah, right. I would have been like, yeah, right. There's no way. Our government <laughs> will take care of us. And pandemic will never reach our shores because this is America. This is modern times. We have all the latest technology when it comes to modern medicine. Pandemic will never touch us here in the good old U.S. of A. That's what I would have said nine months ago, ten months ago. And guess what? Look at what it has done to everyday life right here in Saint George, Utah. It has changed everything about who we are. I'm telling you, revolution is possible. I know you think I couldn't happen. Civil War was 100 and 130, 40. It was a long time ago, Uh, 160 years. Anyway, uh, it could happen here in the United States. Go back to the phone line. Caller, you're on with Andy. What's up? Happy Friday, Andy. Hey, happy Friday to you.
7: I don't know the guy's name. I can't pronounce it, but he's a former employee of AT&T. The reason he's a former employee of AT&T is because he disagrees with Black Lives Matter. Hmm. And somebody whined and cried about it, somebody from his own family. Really? And AT&T fired him. I I just listened to it. And like I said, I don't know the name, but he's a, he was a 16-year employee, AT&T. And uh, this family member contacted AT&T because of a, a private conversation that they had where he disagreed with Black Lives Matter and said, I'm not going to support them. Well, AT&T ended up firing him because he's a racist.
1: Mm, I, you know, it reminds me of the Drew Brees thing. Drew Brees, one of the good guys in all of sports. Uh, and he came out and said, "I don't think you should kneel for the national anthem, no matter what your cause is." Because, well, my dad and my granddad were were military veterans, and I respect them and what they did, and uh, I I want to respect them by standing and putting my hand over my heart. And he got lambasted. Do you remember that?
0: Oh, all
7: too well. Uh, if you go back and remember, um, well, this this goes this predates um, Black Lives Matter. Which, by the way, if we're going to be good politically correct little leftists. It should be A A L M,
1: which stands for
7: African American Lives Matter.
1: Oh, right, 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 right. What, yeah. What happened, how dare you <laughs> yeah, yeah. What, what happened to that? Say black. Yeah. What happened to that?
7: Yeah. So you know, uh, hey folks out there, if you're all for this and and you're you're in solidarity with it and you support it, you might want to get a hold of the Marxists that run it and tell them that they need to be as politically correct as they demand everybody else be.
3: Right.
1: Right. The N-word is used by black people, about black people, all the time. I, you know, I've been around sports for 25 years. I can tell you that. In fact, I remember talking with an old coach at Dixie State, and he's like, he's like yeah, I accidentally, I used that word once because we were, I was in amongst a bunch of these uh, African-American players, and they were calling each other that, and I said it, and they looked at me like I had committed the worst sin in the world because I said that word that they were saying over and over and over and over again. Hypocrisy. Oh, yeah. Hypocrisy.
3: Well,
7: and, and the other one that's really kind of interesting is uh, how come cracker isn't a racist slur?
1: Right. Right. It's it, it definitely meant to be derogatory about white people.
7: Oh, absolutely. But I guess as long as you're the proper protected class and you vote a specifically certain correct way, then it's okay. But I was going to go back. You know, you talk about veterans. Do you remember uh, back when crapper Nick started all of his BS mm-hmm. and Alejandro Villanueva from the Pittsburgh Steelers went out onto the field, put his hand on his heart for the national anthem when they played the Chicago bears. He yeah, was the that that awesome. one from the team that did it.
1: That was awesome. Yep.
7: Yeah. What happened to him?
1: You know, I haven't heard a word about him since then. What did happen to him? He got crucified. The coach come out mm. and lit him
7: up for we're a team, we're this, we're that, on and on and on, and we this and we that. And, and yeah, he was he was basically crucified for going out and standing out there on his own.
3: Mm.
7: And like I said, this predates AALM. I'm going to yeah. start calling it AALM. That A-A-L-M. way I'm politically correct.
3: Yeah, yeah. All right, appreciate it. And,
1: th-
7: and then, hey, Seth, that gets rid of your problem. Yeah.
1: <laughs> There you go, and no more BLM. (laughs) All right, thanks for thanks for the call. Let's go back to the phone line, caller. You're on with Andy this morning. How are you?
8: Hey, um, thank you for taking my call. Yeah, my
1: pleasure. Foremost,
8: Um, the thing that uh, gets me is you don't ever hear on the national radio or anything about who is funding this operation. Well, it's George. Soros. Yeah, that's what Everyone. they saying. It's George Soros who hates everything about the United States and what they represent. And if we can't figure that out and really call it for what it really is, I, I hate to say it. It's it, it just it really bothers me because I'm not racist either. I have I have absolutely. N- not an ounce of racism in me and it really it really i'm a huge jazz fan and it really bothered me so bad because there's a lot of people have died for that freedom of that flag and what that represents
1: so what do we do? Let me, let me ask you this. What do we do about the jazz? Do we continue watching them? Do we, do we, say, do we take a stand and stop watching them? I've been watching the jazz for 30 years, 40 years, since
8: 1980. Yeah, me too. And I, I really had a hard time yesterday. Yeah. Because I, I one point, I, I, I was really just bummed because I was like, man, I really love my jazz. I want to see him succeed. I wanna see him win a championship for once. You know, I wanted all this all these cool things and then yeah. they're throwing this black lives matter stuff and it it they're using the black population. That's the problem. Is they're using the black population to stir up racism and rioting and looting and all this nonsense that's going on in all these big cities. Yeah. But no one wants to say that it's George Soros Foundation.
3: Hmm. Good point. And
8: anyway, I, I thank you for letting me rant a little that's bit. Okay. I, was a, I was a little frustrated last night. And, and to answer your question, I think it's going to come down to uh, people's hearts. Um, if they want to watch a team that represents racism and I just no longer going to be a jazz fan.
1: Hmm. All right. All right. Thank you for the call. We lost him a little bit there at the end, but uh, yeah, I I I completely know where he's, uh, where he's coming from there. Uh, We've got to get a break in weather break. When we come back, we'll talk more about black lives matter, about the Utah jazz, about kneeling, during our national anthem and uh, another anthem that might be played at NFL games. And isn't that racist as well and uh, kind of uh, separating? Uh, I don't know. We'll talk about that when we come back. Hey, congratulations to Larry Bristow. He's our staycation winner um, <clears throat> this week. Uh, We got a bed and breakfast at Lizzie's Heritage Inn in Parowan, plus a dinner at uh, Calvario's in in Parowan. Pretty cool deal. We're giving staycation away, but it's not on the air. You have to go to our website and register. Just go to 890kdxu.com. We won't use your name unless you click a box and tell us to. We won't use your name for promotional items. Uh, but you just put your name, your phone number, email address in there, and you're eligible to win the staycation. Uh, Larry won a trip to uh, Lizzie's Heritage Inn, Bed and Breakfast, where our newsman, his wife, is the chef there. She'll cook breakfast for him. How, how cool is that? All right. Uh, let's see. Let's do this. play a little music. Yeah, there we go. We're back uh, with the show. It's 940 on KDXU. It's Open Line Friday. Let's go back to the phones. A caller, you're on with Andy. What's up? Hi. Hi. How
3: are you doing I, today?
0: I'm good. I, uh, I found out something really important to me the other day. Mm-hmm. I didn't think I was a racist, uh, but I found out that most of us in America are. Really? Yeah, yeah, it blew my mind. I saw a video on YouTube from a guy named White Mike about black murder, and uh, he explained it that if we support companies and buy the products that advertise on radio stations that condone these songs that promote black murder, and we don't boycott those companies? Because, I mean, if your station had songs on it that song about white folks killing white folks. We wouldn't stand for that. We would stop buying the products. We would stop listening to the radio station. But we let that go with black folks because, oh, that's the way they are. They're black folks. That's not true. They're American, and they should be held to the same standard that we hold ourselves. Mm. And they've been playing these kinds of songs since the 80s. No knows what kind of what
1: what what kind of songs are you referring to
0: uh, well, it's rap where they sing about killing each other with ak yeah, yeah. and and uh we we condone it the very I,
1: the very fact not, that we, we let these on makes us racist is that is that the white mike's point
0: yeah uh because we wouldn't stand for it if it was a country station or you know, considering it a white station, but because they're black, oh, well, it's okay because they're black. It's not okay. They're American. And mm-hmm. they need to be held to the same standards. And we need to boycott these companies that advertise it. and try. Now, we want to fix the problems. They scream, and how do you fix the problems? Well, we stop by, we start by stop promoting it mentally. Okay. Saying it's okay. Now,
1: now, I'm 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 actually having a hard time gauging. You. Are are you being sarcastic? or Are you one hundred percent serious? I'm a
0: hundred percent serious. I mean, how how do we stop companies from doing things that we disagree with? We boycott them. Right. I mean, what else can we do than boycott?
1: So if if, um, a, if a company that's otherwise a legitimate company advertises on a station that plays songs like like some of the rap songs that talk about killing each other and stuff like that. Then they're racist and we're racist if we buy their products. That's what you're saying?
0: Because we condone it. That's okay. right. Because we wouldn't we wouldn't condone your station playing songs that talk about killing each other. Right, right. Would we? We wouldn't no. we wouldn't we would hold to a higher standard. Well, by not holding them to the same standard, we're saying that they're less than us.
1: But how how do I? I don't listen to rap. I n- never have never Neither liked I. rap. Uh, I, do I don't I. listen to a radio station. So how do I even know which companies those are? Like I I don't see how I can be considered a racist if I don't even know what those companies are. Do I do I do I have to do research to make myself a non racist racist?
0: Well, I'm sure that there are a lot of folks out there uh, that do listen to this and these these things, and if they come to the realization that wow. Uh, if we can just get a movement going here, I think we can change their society. Okay. Uh, and how do you find out what those are? Yeah. You might have to listen to some of those. Uh, but I imagine it's apparel and shoe companies and it's uh, these record labels.
3: Mm. Okay.
1: Anything well, I,
0: associated with it.
1: Phone lines are lit up. Thank you for calling. I'll, we'll move on to the next caller. Caller, you're on with Andy this morning. Interesting take there. What's, what's your take?
9: Yeah. Good morning, Andy. Morning. Um, the, the truth matters, and this is uh, where we're finding ourselves in this crisis of truth. It's uh, it's almost impossible anymore to determine the truth, and um, we know that Black Lives Matter. The problem is that's their myopic view, and if you're unwilling to say only Black Lives Matter, then somehow we're considered racist. Mm-hmm. But we know that's not we know that's not true. And you know, money makes the world go round. And, you know, the, the jazz and, and the NBA in general, the only reason they're able to do what they do today is because they're, they have enough marketing dollars, because that's not what it's about. You, you know, the TV station makes money because they have high ratings, and people who want to advertise on their venue is willing to pay because they have these high ratings.
3: Right.
9: And so we're really, we're funding all of this because we're unwilling to make some of the most basic sacrifices. You know, our, our, our parents and our grandparents made amazing sacrifices. They gave their lives, their limbs, their, uh, you know, their, their fortunes in order for us to have freedom. And, and we're sitting here unwilling to even sacrifice the most minor thing to be able to have the truth told. And the truth is, is that the NBA is trying to uh, force a lie upon all of us. And if people continue to watch the NBA and just say, well, okay, I won't watch the first five minutes, and, and I'll dial in and watch the rest of it, is failing to sacrifice properly in order to get the truth to be known. And so if there's no money from advertisers because there are no ratings, the advertisers are going to quit uh, spending their money there. And also there's not going to be any money to pay these athletes, these unbelievable wages, uh, the, the contracts that they get. If the money goes away, the lies stop. And so what I'm asking everybody to do is be willing to sacrifice just a modicum of, of your entertainment time. Stop watching all of these, these uh, sports events that, that have now become so politicized. It's not fun to watch it anyway. Turn it off. And, and by the way, just doing that uh, is important. But how about calling the NBA franchises, your favorite franchise, and just tell them, look, we are very unhappy with what you guys are doing. And if you don't stop, we are going to stop watching you. And I guarantee you if enough people did that, which I doubt they will because, boy, I've got to watch my game, if enough people would do that, the ratings would collapse and the, the advertising would go away and the money would dry up. And, boy, oh, boy, I'll tell you, get their attention once they don't have money. And one of the earlier callers talked about Soros. Yeah, there's a lot of rich people that pump their money into these organizations to promote the lies. The truth does matter. And mm-hmm. the truth is, America is not a racist nation. Everybody knows that, but if that lie gets told enough, the young people in this country that may not have the same understanding of history that you and I do, they are going to start believing this. And I think it was Goebbels that said, "If you tell a lie uh, long enough, it becomes believed." And that's yeah. where we're at right near, right near now, Andy. Yeah. You need people to be willing to sacrifice just a little bit of your entertainment time. To shut
1: these people down you know it, it reminds me of a, an, an analogy that i'm going to throw out there when, when i first got married i was, I was a, f- a football player major sports nut i mean i watched everything i watched well not soccer but i watched almost everything uh nba major league baseball nfl college football college basketball et etc cetera, et cetera. i watched college baseball when it was on if i could uh and uh when i got married uh, my wife, who is not a sports fan, uh, was like, "You you know watch that game." And, and, and I'm like, "Well, yeah." And she said, "Well, who's playing?" And I said, "Oh, it's so and so and so and so." She's like, "Well, who are you rooting for?" And I'm like, oh, "I don't I don't really care much for either team." And she's she said to me, she "said Why why are you watching the game then?" I'm like, "Well, because it's a game and it's entertaining and it's on." And and uh, I came to realize, especially as we started having children, that I had to make some sacrifices. I could not be the guy I was. I couldn't be the guy that could watch sports all the time. I wanted to still. The desire to do that didn't go away. Uh, but uh, I had to realize there are things that are more important. And you know what? If if uh, you know Seattle is playing, uh, I don't know. Seattle's playing Atlanta. Uh, do I really need to watch that game? I don't really care about either team. Do I need to watch that game? Just because it's a, you know, it's a football game in prime time doesn't mean I just need to sit there and watch it. And I started to make you know, little sacrifices, like, like, like you're saying. And uh, I did it because I loved my wife, because my marriage was more important than my previous life of being a sports nut. And I know a lot of guys that get married that do not sacrifice. And and their marriage suffers. And their wife has to find other ways to entertain herself. And sometimes those ways don't turn out to be very good for the marriage. But, uh, yeah, sacrifices are made there. Sacrifices, I think, need to be made here. And, you know, honestly, as I watched the last six minutes of that game and got that you're a racist and society has got to change right now and you're bad. Shame on you. Uh, that was the feeling I got and I didn't like it because I'm not a racist and you can't, you know, it's like you were saying, no matter how many times you lie to me and tell me I am a racist, I'm, I'm going to sit here and I'm going to say, no, I am not a racist. And BLM can't tell me that I am, or Antifa, or whoever else can't tell me that I am. Race. Got a quick break in, and we'll uh, continue to take your call, 673-5890, right after this quick break. Joe Shoney is a local loan consultant serving southern Utah for more than 25 years. You go online to the online surveys, and I'm telling you, if you can get 4.9 stars, 4.91 stars out of 5, that's an incredible incredible record let me read you a couple of reviews five stars from robert h and enoch he says patience in work uh, joe had patience in working with us promptness in answering our questions ability to resolve problems along the way Let's uh, scroll down to, uh, this is John in St. George. So Joe and his people we dealt with were very helpful and pleasant to deal with. They all made us feel as family and did everything they could to help us. All done with a smile. Many thanks. And one more. This is Cheryl and Perwin. Thank you f- all for working so hard to get my loan approved and closed. Joe Shoney, your local loan consultant that focuses on customer service. How do you get a hold of him? is a phone number, 435-590-6300. Or you can email Joe. It's Joe.Shoney, S-C-H-O-N-E-Y, at N-A-F-I-N-C.com. If you're trying to call in, be patient. We'll get to you. We've got seven minutes left in the show. I'm going to read this really quick, uh, and then then we'll take your calls. This was the Utah Jazz. They put a picture up on Facebook of uh, Coach Quinn Snyder and players – Locked arm in arm, kneeling during the national anthem. This is a statement by Gail Miller and the Jazz. See what you think of this. It says, The Utah Jazz are committed to advancing social justice and stand in support of the players, coaches, and staff as they exercise their First Amendment rights and use their voices, their experiences, and their platforms to peacefully express themselves. We are a values-based organization and believe in the foundational principles of justice, equality, fairness, and economic empowerment. Our organization strives to be a unifying force in our communities. Oh, boy. I... I can't, I can't read that with a straight... Our organization strives to be a unifying force in our communities and we hope this time in our history can be a catalyst for positive change in a country we love. I could. I could spend the whole show breaking that down. The last two sentences, though. Our organization strives to be a unifying force in our communities. Really, is BLM unifying our communities? Because it feels like, to me, it's doing exactly the opposite of that. And then the last statement, we hope this time in our history can be a catalyst for positive change in a country we love really do we need to change is our country in that bad a shape that we need to change are we all racist that's what gail miller wants you to believe caller you're on with andy
10: what's up hi um i think the blm movement is telling successful black people that they didn't really earn their success Mm -hmm. um if you think about it American society and how we live our everyday life, in every field, there are extremely successful black people in sports, in theater, on Wall Street, politicians, doctors, astronauts, you, you can name. There's no field that does not have very successful people who happen to be black. And the BLM movement is is telling these people they didn't achieve their status right. on their own merit. That, that in effect, they're all Uncle Toms, or that they all got there through affirmative action. Yeah, that, not only and,
1: that you didn't do it yourself, but that you couldn't do it yourself, is what they're trying to say.
10: And it's really disappointing and a little surprising that somebody who, is less, for instance, Oprah Winfrey is probably the most successful person on TV over the last 20, 30 years, her mm-hmm. own talk show, all of that stuff, her industries. Um, why doesn't she, you know, there needs to be some awareness that people like her achieve their success on their own merit, and um, they don't seem to have the either the inner strength or the brains to realize that they're being insulted by the BLM movement.
1: Yeah. hey, Great call. Got to keep moving. we got the four callers. I'm going to get them all in if we can before the top of the hour. Caller, you're on. you got 30 seconds. What's up?
11: Yes. Good morning, Eddie. How are you? Great. How are you? Excellent. Excellent. Thank you. Yeah, it's a shame Gail Miller's taking a stance like that. I I just would speculate that a lot of these people like her that are you know wealthy, got big businesses, maybe side up with the liberals so that they won't get attacked they're really not doing it i feel that on principle or anything else just for self-preservation they'd rather do that than than be attacked for taking a stand
2: Mm. and
8: and
11: lastly barack obama on the funeral yesterday he got out there and race baited like throwing throwing gasoline on the fire what's going on right now so there's I.e., there's Joe Biden for you, what we'd get with him, too. You know, it's just ridiculous. I, I love black people. I love them. But, but the, this whole Black Lives Matter and all of this, it's it's just out of control and a very mixed mixed message.
0: Well said.
1: Thank you for the call for today. I appreciate it. Caller, you're on with Andy this morning. We're running out of time. Got about two minutes left.
4: What's up? Hey, well, I was grew up in Las Vegas in the 50s. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I did use the N-word, and there were a lot of jokes, um, but I've, I've changed. But now this, uh, pushing all this down my throat has made me want to rebel, like the UNLV rebels. Mm-hmm. I want to pull out the Confederate flag mm. because I want to rebel against shoving this down my throat.
1: Yeah, I know the feeling. It's a feeling of frustration, isn't it? Caller, you're on with Andy this morning. you got about a minute. What's up?
10: Yes, I just want to say I grew up in an integrated city, went to integrated schools, worked with all kinds of people all my life, mm-hmm. never been racist until now, wow. and the
4: BLM movement is forcing me that way.
1: Yeah, it's terrible, isn't it? Terrible. Thank it- you. Thank you for the call. I appreciate that. You guys, I, I'm I'm with you on it. I'm I'm not turning racist. I'm not gonna I'm, I'm not gonna say that. But I, I feel the frustration because you have all these uh, people, and and they're not just black people. There's a lot of white people marching with BLM, and the fact that they're sticking their finger, figuratively speaking, in my face and saying, "You're the problem. You're the reason. You're the racist." I just, I, I can't abide that it drives me crazy. And, and I don't, you know, it's, it's like, I don't know. I had a conversation with, with a, I don't know if I want to go here, but with a relative and, and, and this relative pointed out all the things they thought were wrong with me and it bothered me for a little while. And I'm like, really? You know, I second guessing myself. Well, really, is that, is that a real thing? And, You know, and and I started feeling bad and it started to, to bother me at work and it started to bother me in my personal life. And I'm like, after a few minutes, I'm like, wait a minute, hold on a minute. I know who I am. They don't know who I, they, they maybe perceive in their mind who I am, but that's not true. I know who I am and the people that I love that are really close to me, they know who I am. And you can't, you can't just tell me who I am because you think that way. Uh BLM is trying to tell me who I am and what I feel and what I think. And they're just flat out wrong.